the next part of our podcast and we're gonna go back to dnd 5e we're back baby we're Woo! back we never left we never, we never, left. never ever left we just we just took a peek see at one dnd but but eric there's there's a class that we have never spoken of that's in 5e yes we've literally never said either of these words we've never spoken it's it's impossible it's secrets yeah. <laughs> you can never <laughs> unlock these secrets unless you've played D a thousand times that's when you unlock access to this honestly that's probably how it should be <laughs> i think this, so this? I, I am like reading this class at eric and i'm like thank god you have sub experience with this because mm-hmm. someone plays this class in your campaign yeah. or we i think we'd be lost yeah, this is the class, like, most, most classes, like, you know, I read an artificer, that's kind of complicated, but you're like, okay, I get it. This class, you're just like, okay, I, there's there's a couple things that are very obvious, and you're like, okay, but what, what, what things are good? <laughs> what things are, what's the traps here? Um... Yeah, but so... Yeah, this, we're, of course, talking about the Blood Hunters, The Blood guys. Hunters, yes. The Blood Hunters, and when... Were they exactly invented? Because these this was not in the base game. It wasn't in any of the big books. It wasn't in you know Tasha's when they came out with the bunch or. Uh... Um. So this yeah. was. Uh, let's what see. What was there? Twenty fifteen. There was a little movie called The Last Witch Hunter featuring Vin Diesel, and Vin okay. Diesel played D anD D with the Critical Role team, and Matt Mercer made a class. Specifically for Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. No way. That's the actual, like... That is the canonical thing where he's like, all right, we got got to do this. But it eventually kind of morphed into, like, a real class. Um, And then... Yeah, and then they developed a bunch of subclasses that we'll go over uh, Mm -hmm. in the next following segments, but... This yeah. one's Bloodhunter. So this is not a, not official D&D, but this is probably the most official homebrew ever. Just You'll because it's see. like, it's on D&D Beyond. So I, yeah. there's a lot of people who I'm... Which is why, know. like, just like you said with the Gunslinger and stuff, which was another one that came yeah. straight out of Critical Role and mm-hmm. became, like, kind of accepted in the community. That's why we want to go over this class. I mean, it is fleshed out. They're, they got yeah, everything. It, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a legit class. Like, it, yeah. it, it's, there's not anything that's, like, super overpowered, not anything that's, like, oh, wow, like, this, this is, like, a gimmick or anything. Right. Bloodhunters, often feared, are misunderstood and driven by an unending drive to destroy the wicked. Bloodhunters are clever, arcane warriors who have bound their essence to the dark creatures they hunt to better stalk and survive their prey. Armed with the rites of forbidden blood magic and a willingness to sacrifice their own vitality and humanity for the cause, they protect the realms from the shadows, ever vigilant to avoid becoming the same monsters they chose to hunt. Uh, pretty so, epic. Yeah, pretty awesome. Basically, if you think the Witchers, this is kind of what yeah. they're trying to vibe is trying. Yeah, yeah, they're they're Witchers. Yeah, and they like slashing their own hands. At- <laughs> yeah, this is very much like using blood magic. 
um, <laughs> to, to activate stuff. That's kind of the overarching. Like cutting your own arms and hands. That's what I've gathered from them. And that 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 description is like very flavorful. You know, like you, you can read them and be like, oh, okay, I know how I'm going to role play this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, basically, you just watch the sure. and then just role play, role play them. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, I've got a lot of like, like ranger vibes, kind of, kind of like, kind of a mix between like. Well, a ranger I think and then the a perfect person. visual that you can give is either yeah, Witchers from from that popular Netflix show, or yeah, you have to watch one of the witch hunter shows that you're like Constantine or something like that. You know, you yeah, know, those guys. Yep, witch hunter. Van Helsing. Van Helsing, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a cross between a ranger and I don't know, like a demon hunter from Diablo or something like that. Something like that, There's yeah. Some shadowiness to them. Let's go over some basics. They got a D10 for hit dice. Not bad. That's Not pretty bad. good. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good place to be. Uh, they are proficient in light armor, medium armor, shields, uh, simple weapons, martial weapons, alchemist supplies. Their saves are Dex and Intelligence. Dex is good. Intelligence is only good when it's really necessary. <laughs> but, very important, yeah. But, uh, yeah, not, not, I mean, you know, it's not one of, like, the, wisdom is the main one, but, like, if you don't have wisdom, then everything else is kind of, yeah. Dex is, Dex, Dex, is is really Dex is good. Dex is good. A lot of Dex comes up. Save you a lot of damage. Right, going over the skills that they can take from, they got the Acrobatics, Arcana, Athletics, History, Insight, investigation, religion, and survival. I get to choose three of those. All pretty good options. Yeah. The um it much like um it's gonna be a common theme with this mm. class, which is like you're gonna have to kind of have a lot of forethought going in. So it's this is a martial class, but mm. you will need to bump up either intelligence or wisdom based on your choice because like a bunch of your abilities are going to be based on that. And so obviously if you're choosing um, intelligence, then like maybe Arcana is going to be your thing or opposed to like, you know, wisdom is insight and stuff like that. Yeah. Re real interesting. Like the cl this class states that they have to have an intelligence of 13 or higher plus a strength or dex of 13 or higher uh, multi-class in and out. Though there's a variant hemocraft ability, so you can instead of intelligence use wisdom. Yeah, it, it is, it's very weird. Like, <laughs> I, I wonder if you know initially it was just intelligence, and they're like, mm, a lot of people are kind of complaining that they can't multi-class with like wisdom casters with this, or, do yeah, other, or yeah. I just want to be good at perception with like my uh -huh. hunting tracking guy. So can we do wisdom? And then everyone's like, yo, yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> this, is Whatever, this is a homebrew so. class anyway. Yeah, we'll yeah. just we'll make up some excuse to to get them there yeah. as well. <laughs> because it says like, oh, you can use your intelligence modifier. However, with the DM's permission, you can choose wisdom. But like the whole thing is up to the DM's description of whether or not you could use this anyway. Hmm. So it's, it would be kind of weird. Like you could choose the blood hunter, but not wisdom. That's, <laughs> that's out of here. Forget right. it. <laughs> Where most classes can try to, to pump wisdom for any given reason that they want. Because there's mm. usually only one requirement, for the most part, for a lot of classes yeah. at least. Uh, 
All right, well, we'll skip through the equipment. It's very standard list of equipment, you know, just alchemist supplies is the big one on there, which again yeah. leads you to believe they're more like the witchers. I think that that's definitely where they were going with that theme. Yeah, especially with that one theme. of the subclasses. Yeah, yeah, when we get there. Uh, we'll go into first level, though. Uh, you're going to get some some blood huntery stuff right up front uh, to make them pretty mm-hmm. unique right up front, which is which is good to, to get a lot of it baked in at level one, honestly. Uh, at first level, you've survived the Hunter's Bane, a dangerous, long-guarded ritual that alters your life's blood. Which does sound exact if you've watched the Witcher series. Like, that's literally what they do. Yeah, that's, a, that's literally what they do. <laughs> <laughs> Forever binding you to the darkness and honing your senses against it. You have advantage on wisdom survival checks to track fey, fiends, or undead. As well as on intelligence checks to recall information about such creatures. The Hunter's Bane also empowers your body to control and shape chemocraft magic, using your own blood and life essence to fuel your abilities. Some of your features require your target to make saving throws to resist the feature's effects. Uh, For this, it's 8 plus your proficiency plus your chemocraft modifier, which is either intelligence or wisdom, based on what we said before. So a pretty standard uh, save DC on most like spellcastery classes. Yeah. That's exactly what you expect. There's nothing different there. Um, um, yeah, and this is a very this is kind of like you know typical. This is all flavor here. So there's not stuff. a lot yeah. going on here. Yeah, that, this is just super flavor. Yeah, yeah, and like survival checks are like kind of pretty rare to be totally spe- honest. And with. it specifies to track. It's not like yeah, just a survival a, check. Fiends or <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, not, yeah, it's, not, just, it's not just a survival check. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I kind of wish, I kind of wish they would group like, cat, like classifications. You know how like in Ranger you pick a favorite enemy, but like, mm-hmm. it's not super, it's like you only pick like, like oozes as your favorite enemy as I did my first time playing a Ranger. <laughs> um, of course. Of course. Naturally. Why wouldn't you? It's the most best one you could choose. Yeah, uh, choose ooze. I ch- we choose the ooze, people. We choose the. We ooze. always choose the ooze. It rhymes, <laughs> therefore it is trues. Um, but, but like you know, I I kind of wish you could get like an option to be like you know, I, I don't even know like like celestials, fiends, undead feel very like close together. Then maybe like humanoids or something and that like i, I don't know I, I just wish there was a little more options in other words expand the list a bit just like expand i was the saying the whole bit. time with ranger it's like yeah what what's wrong with us being able to choose a couple more <laughs> or uh, yeah you know what really came up was with like there was like a cleric subclass i think that it was like i specifically hate celestials and it was like really man like, yeah it's like can't get okay. a little wider than that <laughs> this is like your whole nope. core ability <laughs> only <laughs> like, celestials oh yeah. yeah, so like it'd be cool if I mean that way, if you're playing in, I don't know, like may, maybe this is like a construct themed campaign, and like having advantage on survival checks to track constructs, it doesn't feel that bad, like you know, or yeah, or like yeah. elementals up. So it 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 does feel bad when like your one of your abilities just doesn't work in a campaign, like ever. Yeah, this is one that the DM's gonna come up with stuff where it does help you. Exactly, right? and also this is like not a strong enough ability where it's like a yeah, deal breaker. It's yeah. just this is more of a gripe, not not really. Yeah, gripe, exactly. just like an observation. This, is, this isn't make or break. This is just pure flavor, pure flavor for your class. Pure flavor. 
Uh, the next one has a little bit more to deal with the class, though. The Blood Maledict. You gain the ability to channel or sometimes sacrifice a part of your vital essence to curse and manipulate creatures through Hemocraft magic. You know one blood curse of your choice. You'll learn additional blood curse at 6th, 10th, 14th, and 18th level. Each time you learn a blood curse, you can choose one of the blood curses you know and replace it with another blood curse. Each time you use your blood maledict feature, you choose which curse to invoke from the curses you know. While invoking a blood curse, but before it affects the target, you can choose to amplify the curse by taking necrotic damage equal to one roll of your Hemocraft die. The damage can't be reduced in any way. An amplified curse gains an additional effect, noted by its description. Uh, and creatures that do not have blood are immune to blood curses, unless you have an amp unless you have amplified the curse. That's cool. I like that they you know they don't have blood. So they don't have blood, so you're good. <laughs> yeah, therefore blood magic doesn't work. Um, once you use this feature, you have to finish a short or long rest before using it again. So it's on short rest, and you yeah. can use it twice between rests at six, three times thirteenth, and four times at seventeenth. So let me like this. Yeah, I, I like that. Like, it's kind of nice because it's like, okay, at level six now, you're just like, okay, I, I kind of want to need to use this twice in a combat or something. But so now we've introduced, you know, I, yeah, so two words that use the word blood, blood maledict, blood yeah. curse, and they're, they're the same thing. <laughs> but it's like, oh, I'm blood curses blood are curse. like spells prepared, and blood curse are like the spell that you. Or blood maledicts is like I'm gonna cast a spell. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's and we'll have to go over all the blood curses in a second. I, I did want to mention. I thought you know what I thought would be cool is if the Hemocraft dies actually started with you taking more damage and then like tapering off as you got. But I'll be that would be impossible to balance because right, <laughs> at yeah, level yeah. you have ten health. It's like. Oh dang! So you end up taking more damage as it goes on, but of course, it's honestly it, yeah, it's it less damage because it, it's outscale. It's out. It's a yeah, less percentage yeah. of your health overall. Really a way less percentage. Yeah, because exactly. so we should say the the Hemocraft dice starts out as a D four. Yeah, and it basically increases every time you get an increase in proficiency bonus. So at level five, it'll be D six. Yep. Level, um, uh, oh wait, 11. no, it doesn't increase. So, so level five, it'll be a D6. And 11, then at level it's 11, it's a D8. And then 17. And 17 is a D10. Yep. Um, so you're going to be a, think of it as like a D6, because that's kind of how most campaigns are, like, kind of going to be sitting at the, you know, sixth level or fifth level to like 11th level for the longest period of time. To me, it's odd that they didn't increase it with the same time that you get uh, an additional use of blood maledict. <laughs> yeah, like they're just scattered. Like they end up being exactly right on seventeenth level. That's when you end up with the four per rest, and it goes to a d ten. Right, <laughs> but it doesn't and, match up anywhere else. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, and it, this is, this is just another thing. <laughs> it, that's exactly right. <laughs> like. <laughs> Nothing I mean, makes I, sense. Yeah, it just seems like I'm everything not, is jostled in. Yeah, I'm not a game designer or anything, but you want everything to be easy to understand. <laughs> so it's like, okay, everything is a short rest, or like, you know, everything levels up with at level six. 
you know, 10, 14, 18, you know, like that's when everything levels up, you know? Yeah. But yeah, they're like, Oh no, sometimes level five. So this one goes to level six and it's just impossible. As a DM, I'm just like, Oh wait, do I get two uses now? I'm like, uh, all right. Let me, <laughs> let me go check. All right. Let's go over some blood curses. It does look like primarily this list. Most of them are bonus actions. That, that's what I've been noticing is a big trend here. Yes. Uh, for the this, most part. I just and I also I want to point out this is kind of where the start of the high complexity of this um, is gonna it is gonna kind of when you're picking your blood curses because you only pick like what and then you yeah yeah oh yeah you only get one all the way until sixth level when you hit two so you you yeah. do like you're very limited and then like max level you finally end up with five like then I guess you have a lot of different choices but. Yeah. Even at like tenth level, knowing threes, you know, it's not like yeah, you have like that. right. And so this is kind of so the ones that are actions are the worst. Like just by action economy, this is kind of like being uh, like little little dirty optimizer a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's abilities that you have that are core class abilities, crimson right, that are bonus actions. So. You don't that I, we're going to talk about a little more when we go over it, but you know, if you're if you have free bonus actions or you're planning to having free bonus actions, the curses that have bonus actions are pretty good. The ones that are reactions, just always having something extra to do as a reaction is is fairly strong. Yes. But if you want to couple feats, you know, like polar master or crossbow expert as like a bonus action attack. Then having a blood curse that uses a bonus action is is going to feel clunky because you're just like, yeah. oh man, I built my 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 class to just attack like three times at at uh, at level five because I can use my offhand attack as a bonus action, or whatever. But I picked this bonus action thing and I'm just never going to use it because uh, I'm always using my rights or yeah, my other bonus exactly. Action. So this they is did. this is even at level like one where when you're picking your. Uh, your first one, you'd be like, okay, what weapon am I going to use? Am I going to take one of these feats that lets me attack as a bonus action? Am I going to multi-class into like war cleric, which gives me bonus action attack? You know, like these are the things you kind of think about. Otherwise you're going to feel like you a little bit wasted. One of these, uh, one of these ones. Yeah. So let's begin with the blood curse of the anxious. This is one of the bonus action ones. As a bonus action, you can harry the mind or body of a creature within 30 feet of you, make them susceptible to forceful influence. Until the end of your next turn, intimidation checks made against them have advantage. If you amplified the curse, the wisdom saving throw the cursed creature makes has disadvantage. It's almost guaranteed to succeed the intimidation check. This yeah. is like an out of combat one, honestly. The wisdom saving throw one though is very strong. If you amplify the curse, which I feel like amplify. you just like always amplify a curse, right? I mean, there's the yeah, yeah. Very little you, downside. You take a little bit of damage, like yeah, you take, <laughs> yeah. You're level ten. You have all these hit points. You're like okay, yeah, I'll roll. I'll roll yeah, I'll, I'll take my like five damage. You roll whatever. two. You're like okay. Uh, yeah, basically, you need a good reason to not amplify it. Amplify, like you're at yeah. six health or something. Well, you can consider all the amplifies like the effects because you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah. So, like this, this is a very good one. You have a this is a free intimidation pass to me. It's like you get advantage and they have disadvantage. I mean, that's 
And, you know, like, check. you don't have to be the one making the intimidation check, too. Right. You can like, just, if you're bad you can at intimidating, you can have your, you know, your warlock who took, like, expertise in intimidation, right. uh, like, make the intimidation check. Um, but yet, also, the, wi- the wisdom saving throw one could be, like... This would be a tough one to pick as your one curse, though. I would it would be. <laughs> That's got to feel heinously bad. Like, this is one to pick later up in, like, the 10s, 14 mm-hmm. level where you're like, okay, I'm set in combat. I got my stuff going on. I need, like, something that's cool that we can right. intimidate. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you, you bring this to a one-shot and everybody else is playing martial characters, so nobody has spells that have wisdom saving throws. And you're like, ah, okay, never mind. <laughs> All right, the next one is the Curse of Binding. As a bonus action, another bonus action one, you can bind a large or smaller creature within 30 feet of you. They have to make a strength save. On a fail, their speed drops to zero, and they cannot use reactions until the end of your next turn. If you amplify it, it'll last for a full minute and can infect, affect any creature regardless of size. They can repeat their saving throw at the end of each of their turns, ending... The success, uh, the curse on success. Pretty, yeah, pretty is, as a bonus yeah. action. This is kind of interesting. So, hmm, this is one of the ones where there are going to be edge cases where you don't want to amplify it because one, yeah, sure. If you can bind it by itself, you might, yeah, you you might not have to buy, uh, amplify it. And the the un unamplified version. Let's see. On a fair, the curse becomes, and then it can't use reaction until the end of your next turn. So let's say the monster goes right after you. If you amplify it, it can make a saving throw right after you go, and then it breaks free from the curse. Mm. Because the curse creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns. But this, oh, sure. uh, the unamplified version, once it fails a saving throw, it's going to do a full turn cycle where it right. can't use. And it can't use reactions, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of a weird thing where right. there's going to be some... But you obviously have to amplify it if it's bigger than large. It's like, right, okay, exactly. I have one choice. I have to amplify it if things huge. But it mm-hmm. could end up with me stopping this thing for a very long time. Yeah. Pretty sick. Yeah, this is a cool ability. I, I like this one. This is awesome. And, like, re- not using reactions, you know, the most common reaction is obviously opportunity attacks, but, like, counterspell... If you're fighting yeah. against a wizard, that's yeah, pretty a good sick. time to use just a bonus action to possibly completely stop. Yeah, I mean, just like a, a quick bonus action and can literally stun a creature for a turn. That <laughs> seems pretty awesome. Yeah, especially it, with if you don't amplify it, it costs you. Oh no, you can only use it what twice. Uh, short rest, basically. Especially at, like you only get so many uses. That's yeah. Right. Okay, that's the limit. I'm thinking like you can do this like every turn. Okay, it's not as busted as <laughs> it's, it's just good. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dang, dude, it's like a full-on command. This is crazy, yeah. Yeah. No, it's just good. It's just good. Yeah, it, it's pretty sweet. And, and it's, again, it's like, you can use this in like some out-of-combat situations where you're like, you're trying to chase somebody down or like, you know, mm-hmm. but... Um, but yeah, this this one is a this one for sure game. makes you want to get your uh, DC save as high as you freaking can. Yes. This is one that's yeah. like really reliant on that save. Like nothing else matters. If you're relying on this to to pull some weight in the fight, you want that save 
number to be massive. Definitely get oh, yeah, the five yeah. plus if you can get legendary items that bump it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of deal. All right. The Blood Curse of Bloated Agony. As a bonus action, you curse a creature you see within 30 feet, causing its body to swell until the end of your next turn. The creature has disadvantage on strength and dex checks and will take 1d8 necrotic if it makes more than one attack during its turn. If you amplify it, it now lasts for a full minute and it can make a con save at the end of each of its turns to end it on a success. Okay, that's interesting. I, a cool in like a boss fight situation, right? Where it's, you know, the boss always has more than one attack. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. keep but they'll probably make their save at the end of the turn if you try and amplify it. So Yeah, exactly. And the, uh, like, honestly, once you get to like double digit levels, a lot of regular monsters you'll fight have like two attacks. When it says strength and dex checks, though, that does not count as an attack, does it? Or does it count as uh, an attack? Because that's that does not count as attack. Yeah, that's an attack action check. Not it's yeah. mostly good for grapple checks because those are strength based checks. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, but honestly, but, like, I I don't I don't other than like maybe jumping over a ledge. Or like, hey, um... Because it also like, doesn't specify ever... strength or dex saves. It's just, it's just yeah, like... it's not saves. Like, I don't know if I've ever asked for a dex check in the check, middle of the yeah. combat. Especially um, from but... an NPC creature. I mean, this isn't like... <laughs> you would have to ask yeah. for it from the NPC, not even from the player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I can think of some educations, you know, like you know, you're running across rooftops, so you can curse a bloated agony. If if I've already established, I'm if, if you have a character in mind that would want to use this, cool. But I, I I think this is a little too situational and not impactful enough. Yeah, this is something that I feel like if you're like a grappler and you dip into, um, a blood hunter, you would take, but. I like. I almost feel like the. Again, it relies too much on that save. Like you have to amplify it, and then you really need this creature to fail like six con saves in a row. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> not very good. Like it's not it, good, and 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 we're only talking one d eight damage in the meantime. It would be like, it would be way better if it was. I mean, maybe it wouldn't be, but if it was like for one, it takes one d eight damage like per additional attack. So if you know. Yeah. The creature did like four attacks. It took three d8 damage or something. Right. Um, but yeah, like it might just. The thing is, like, do you want to waste your one thing to do one d8 damage and then it saves? Like, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, the blood curse of corrosion, fifteenth level, order of the mutant required. So it's it got a prerequisite. And it's a late one, so hopefully it's powerful. As a bonus action, a, th- a creature within 30 feet of you is becomes poisoned. Uh, they can make a con save at the end of each of its turns, ending the curse on a success. Amp- if you amplify it, though, it also will take 4d6 necrotic when you inflict the curse, and at the end of its turns, each time it fails its save. This sounds like what the last one should have been like <laughs> right yeah it does this is on the like power that, level and it's like oh, okay 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 much better and poisoned condition what does that do it's d- disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks there you go yeah that's exactly what the last one should be this okay mm-hmm. it's a shame that it requires 15th level and a subclass being the order of the mutant 
Right. But it what? sounds like for those 15th level Order of the Mutants, uh, take this. Sounds good. <laughs> and there's no, it's not for a minute. It's just, it lasts forever. It's permanent they keep... until they save. Yeah. So yeah, so this is kind of like, if there's somebody that you know is like low con and you have for some reason just like amped up your spell save DC, like there's just some like regular guys around that you're trying to like get information <laughs> from. You could just kill. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> because With it takes 46 every time it fails and yeah. it's like every six seconds it's like it's probably not going to happen but like man if you just have like 30 hp it's like all right you're poisoned now it's like okay uh take 46 and i'll take another 46 and i'll take another oh i'm dead they are aware of when you're blood cursing someone right there's no like stealth blood curse is there um yeah, it's, I think that's kind of up for interpretation. Like, yeah. there's no like verbal components technically, but I could see being like, "Hey, you're using your blood." That's kind <laughs> of not a normal thing to to curse somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, you, have, you, you have to do something in their presence. Again, this is all within thirty feet of the person too, so right? So you can't be perfectly subtle. Yeah, that, I, I would say that there's some sort of physical manifestation Act. of the blood yeah. curse. Yeah, where like yeah, even yeah. if it's like you know, all your, going on. your skin goes pale, and you like someone see all the veins in your in under your body, and then or under your skin, and then people feel sick. But uh, yeah. but yeah, this, this seems uh, pretty powerful. But you know, again, on boss monsters, if Con saves are eh, con saves aren't like super common in boss monsters, but usually they have like a plus five or something. So yeah, I mean, is it going to be worth it to give the boss a disadvantage on an attack once? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, and and forty six and forty six damage. Yeah, you'll do forty six and if it and if it fails one, this feels pretty good. That's like a free fireball and disadvantage on like on um, two attacks, three attacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that does. Yeah, I guess with the multiple attacks, it's disadvantaged on all their attacks. Yeah. It doesn't say the next attack. It's their poison, so they're, they have disadvantage mm-hmm. on, on everything. That is, that's pretty cool. It could be good. And, yeah. And I want you to notice that they, even though it's poison condition, they made the damage necrotic, not poison. Not poison. <laughs> it's just everything's immune to poison. You. Oh my this, god. It's honestly way worse if it was poison damage. If it was poison damage, 100% would be. You're right. Oh my god. I still can't believe 5e did that. Hopefully they change things going forward. But uh, we'll move on to the 15th level, but required by the Order of the Ghost Slayer, the Blood Curse of the Exorcist. As a bonus action, you can choose a creature within 30 feet of you that is charmed or frightened or is under a possession effect. They are no longer charmed, frightened, or possessed. So it's kind of clears one of those effects from one of yours. So this is actually one of the only helpful blood curses. That's pretty neat. However, if you amplify the curse, a creature that charmed, frightened, or possessed the target of your curse will take 3d6 psychic damage and has to succeed on a wisdom save or be stunned until the end of your next turn. That's pretty sweet. Nice. This is really strong. It, these last two definitely feel like if you are 15th level Order of the Mutant, if you are 15th level Ghost Slayer, you gotta take these. Yeah. I kind of wish like the Order of the Mutant one, I feel like that one's safer. They could have dropped that level down to like 10th. Right. Yeah. 
Exorcist, I think 15 is is good for this one. I, I, that is a late game ability right there. Yeah, man. When somebody gets dominated, that is a game changer. Or like a melee fighter gets frightened that can't move towards the boss. That's pretty big. You could yeah. be like, no, like contested rolls, like clear this effect. And then you might stun. Like a stun is huge. Right. Uh, the Blood Curse of Exposure. Now we're going to sneak into the world of reactive ones, which I think is like kind of where most people are going to pick from. Mm-hmm. The Blood Curse of Exposure. When a creature within 30 feet of you takes damage from an attack or a spell, you can use your reaction to temporarily weaken its resilience. Until the end of the target's next turn, it loses resistance to all damage types dealt by the triggering attack or spell. I can finally deal poison damage. Well, finally. It's only, which is only if it's, if it's immune, I guess it, do, it doesn't it doesn't. Help. But wait. But wait, Eric. Amplify it. The target instead loses invulnerability to the damage types. I can finally poison people. You can poison anyone you want. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, it is resistant now instead of. But it's yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. so it's, it's no longer it's immune. Right. But you can't get it's resistant. You can't get everything. Um, definitely really good in certain party types, I imagine. Yeah. I, what if like, you have that one guy that's like, I deal fire damage. I deal really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, and you're fighting just like a random tiefling who's resistant. You're just like, well, I'm, I'm going to be half of yeah, that too. It would feel really nice to have this blood hunter in your party now. Yeah, this feels like just a really solid one. Like, I love you know, that it's like, it's, it's only till the end, end of its next turn, but I love that it doesn't require any saves or any kind of like, there's no getting away from this. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to make yeah. you vulnerable to this right now. Yeah, and you the... Could, you could plan around that. You could plan around it. And this works really well with the, the level 2 ability, Crimson White. Crimson right. White, right? Words. <laughs> uh, and basically that uh, attaches an elemental uh, damage type to your attacks. Right. So this is and like... This is a reaction. The Crimson Rights are bonus actions. This yeah. This is a reaction, so you can make sure it gets through. So, so this makes you feel good about being like, you know, one of the, one of the, spoiler alert for next for uh, ten minutes from now, uh, <laughs> but like if like you really want the aesthetic of choosing fire damage, yeah. but you're like, oh man, a lot of stuff everything's resistant fire, fire damage. Fire, yeah. You could take this and be like, ah, well, it's fine, <laughs> right? And it might help again the party comp. It might help some other guy in the party that's like, I really, really need to do necrotic next turn. Yeah. We'll, like, blast this guy down, but we know he's resistant. Exactly. And, and also, kind of a, another thing, it says resistance to, it loses resistance to all damage types dealt by the triggering attacker spell. So if there's, like, a case ah, where you deal yeah. both, like, both lightning them, yeah. and fire damage, right. it loses both of those resistances. So then somebody else has fire damage. So you don't have to choose. And, do, and don't forget, too, that this is a reaction. So that's, that's what I think, to me, the best part about it. <laughs> like, yeah. That's exactly. so sweet. Like, you'll it, always have this available when the wizard's about to do it. It's not like, oh, no, I need to go first, drop his resistance, then you hit him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you It's can, a reaction, like, so it could, like, last through your turn, too. Yeah, and, and usually, yeah, and, like nice dms will say like if the if 
after the fire damage happens, it's like, well, it's this resistance. And then it'd be like, oh, well, can I use Blood Curse of Exposure? And it's like, okay, that's fine. But yeah, it, it, it feels free. It just feels free. Yeah, yeah. So I like this one a lot. I think this one's sweet. I think it'd be a decent one to take just in, in any given scenario. If you're like, I don't know what to take. Exposure. Yeah, this feels that's... like bordering on the default. Yeah, it feels. I feel like you're going to have a good time with that. Uh, the Curse of the Eyeless. Blood Curse of the Eyeless. When a creature you see within 30 feet of you misses, me, sorry, makes an attack, you can use a reaction to roll one Hemocraft die and subtract the number rolled from the creature's attack roll. You can choose to use this feature after the creature's roll, but before the DM determines whether you attack, luckily you probably know if it hit or failed. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming you know, you know like it's attacking you, and you know your own AC, so you probably know that already. Uh, the creature is immune to this curse if they're immune to the blind condition, which is an interesting little tagline there. That's pretty interesting. Because yeah, I guess yeah, you're trying to get in their eyes. Uh, if you amplify it, uh, you apply it to all of the creature's attack rolls until the end of the creature's turn. You roll separately for every attack. Okay. Seems pretty nice. At level, um, level one. low low levels, it's gonna you, you might just roll one. It doesn't matter, but you know, I mean, that could have another thing. But like, man, once you get like a D eight, you can just roll like a six, and then it's just like, okay, now you miss that attack, and then okay, I'm gonna attack you again. It's like, okay, I'm gonna roll again, gonna roll four. It's like, oh, miss that attack. <laughs> yeah, it's it, yeah, it kind of feels like a shield spell. Yeah, what's kind of wild, right, is that on a boss fight, they can't save this at all. You yeah, just no, it's, it just reduce happens. the bosses by that many. That could be really good with the Amplify. Mm -hmm. Oh, that yeah. seems crazy. That seems really good. That could and save this a lot is, of damage. And this is one, in addition to the exposure blood curse, is that if you don't want... If you don't feel like um, pumping up your spell save DC, these are some that don't use DC. Yeah, yeah. That one just uses the general Hemocraft die, and the other one's just, just invulnerabilities, right? Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it, too. You're right. Like, all right, we don't have to go all in on intelligence or wisdom. We can tail mm -hmm. that back, and I'll still be just as useful. Right, exactly. I can go all in on decks instead. All right, Blood Curse of the Fallen Puppet. When a creature within 30 feet of you drops to zero, you can use your reaction to instill that creature with a final act of aggression. They make they immediately make one weapon attack against the target of your choice within range. Within its range. If you amplify it, you can cause the curse curse creature to move up to half its speed. And you'll grant a bonus to its attack roll equal to your Hemocraft modifier. Okay, that's interesting. It, it's so situational to me, but... <laughs> It's yeah, cool. this yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Like this feels more like <laughs> like a flavor thing rather yeah. than like this super is so good. cool, but so situational. It feels like I wish my subclass just like had this, but like right. yeah. besides that, like yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, go out of my it, way to make this like I'm gonna save my uses for that. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, I mean, this is, it, there's almost always multiple enemies except for boss fights so against boss fights it's like essentially does nothing one weird thing though is is it doesn't say enemy so if you're 
ally goes down, <laughs> you can just make them. Because they have to make a final act of aggression. Yeah. yeah, they just have, even if you're going to save them later, you, they can do it. And usually that is kind of funny because it, it doesn't say like, oh, they can use their action to cure wounds themselves. No, no, no. They can only swing what? <laughs> you like, you are the, <laughs> yeah, it's your job, you're. Hey, if you're a paladin, though, there's nothing that says you can't divine strike. <laughs> like if, if you're dead, <laughs> you, can, you can throw in everything you want. You can throw in anything you throw want. Throw it all in. Um, so that's kind of funny. Um, yeah, it, yeah. So it, although there, there are a lot of enemies, the enemies are probably pretty weak. So what's really going to happen? Like if you do this on a, you know, on just like a like a street thug, and it's like okay, attacks deals one d six plus two. Plus, you know, your plus three heat McCraft modifier. It's just like, okay. Right. Wizard fireballs, they're all dead anyway. But <laughs> Right. This this one is sweet though. Like, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. I just don't I don't think I would use it. Uh the blood curse of the howl. This is we're gonna require the order of the lichen. And this prerequisite is 18th level. So like super endgame. Yeah. As an action. And this one's an action. You unleash a blood-curdling howl. Each creature within 30 feet of you must succeed on a wisdom save throw or become frightened of you until the end of your next turn. If a creature fails its save throw by five or more, it's stunned while frightened this way. A creature that succeeds is immune to it for the next 24 hours. And you can choose any number of creatures you see that will be unaffected by the howl. If you amplify it, it will be increased to 60 feet of a howl. All right, so just a big AoE possibly stun. As an action, yeah. that doesn't seem wildly overpowered. I'm a little confused that this is 18th level. Yeah, like a level 18th level, there are like 9th level spells going on and stuff. And like, it, it, it is good, but the Order of the Lycan is like very combat focused. So you I might kind of would like to see just like all of these prerequisites drop down to 10th level. I feel like 10th level is like high enough that you're not just like getting it. Like yeah, 10th level at this point. You're 10th level. Yeah. This seems kind of wild and like you're not stunning a, I mean, uh, you know, legendary resistance exists, but you're like right, right, right. man at, at 18th level, you're, if your spell say, if you're uh, sorry, your human crafts DC is like let's see, uh, eight versus fourteen is like fifteen or sixteen. Like yeah. the things, most things are going to be immune to frightened condition anyway, or not? Maybe not most. I don't know. A lot of stuff are. And then one of your uh, taglines from before too. Uh, this one is another one where you might not have to amplify this one at all. Yeah, you might not. Thirty have to feet might be one. just plenty. <laughs> like yeah, you'll know yeah. when you need it. Like yeah, thirty feet might be exactly enough, and you're good to go. Mm -hmm. You don't need to amplify this. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay. this one's eh, it's kind of like oh it's kind of that it's yeah. it's kind of not 18th level to me like <laughs> again yeah. like these should all like, be like my 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 pipes of haunting at fourth level did a fairly good job of doing this yeah like stunned is great but like what it's trying to do is crowd control and frightened is kind of good enough right I mean, I mean, it's not the same thing as stunned but like man, 18th stunned. level you kind of just want to attack with your plus three artifact level weapon a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it is a whole action that you do this. Yeah, so, I would give it to them. I, I'm kind of off it. Say, you know, good. This is the first prerequisite one that we're like, eh, maybe you don't take this one. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, especially 18th. No. 
Uh, the Blood Curse and the Marked, as a bonus action, you can mark a creature within 30 feet of you. Whenever you hit the cursed creature with a weapon for which you have an active Crimson Rite, you can roll an additional Hemocraft die when determining the extra damage from the Rite. If you amplify it, the next attack roll you make against the target before the end of your turn has advantage. So very important that this is a bonus action because then you're mm-hmm. going to be using your action presumably to attack. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it's pretty nice. It's a very generically good one, right? This is another one that plays off the fact that like, yeah, you, I I didn't go full on intelligence. I don't have a very high modifier. I have a high dex. I'm just trying to do more damage. I'm just trying to do more damage. Yeah. I went full dex. I can get a big old dex die and my crimson rights do the damage they do. So I'll Mm -hmm. just double that. (laughs) Just fine. Just fine. Yep. Uh, Blood Curse of the Muddled Mind. As a bonus action, you can curse a creature you can see within 30 feet of you that's concentrating on a spell or using a feature that requires concentration. That creature has disadvantage on the next constitution saving throw it makes to maintain concentration before the end of your next turn. If you use Amplify on it, the creature has disadvantage on all constitution saving throws made to concentrate that spell. That's pretty awesome. I think this yeah. is a later in the game. This is like, you know, when you're creeping up to the 12th levels. And again, this one doesn't require you to have a big save or anything like that. I feel like this is just like a really important one to maybe grab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this kind of feel, yeah. This feels Because those concentration strong. spells on like a boss fight are, are that decides huge. the fights. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, huge. Yeah. Decides like the we, fights. We were talking about the... Um, the one that just ends a charm condition that how that can just like destroy a whole combat. Someone gets like most of those abilities or most of those spells are concentration spells. Yeah. And like until the end. And also if you amplify it to the end of your next turn. So if, even if you don't break concentration, somebody else can cast like a fifth level magic missile and then they're definitely, it it feels like that concentration spells going down. Like we're going to, we're going to get this thing down before this guy. Yeah, exactly. Which is awesome. Um, I mean, that's got to feel great. As like, like I did this as a blood hunter. I muddled minded him, and we got that thing out of there. Yeah, and you mentioned this on another one earlier, but this this is another one that you're like, you don't take early on. You take at like, yeah, and then later you're levels. not going to go up against spellcasters that are going to matter enough. You know, you the the one you're most scared of up to like tenth levels, like a fireball. Like, yeah, that'll like, yeah, 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 what <laughs> our party? <laughs> like, it's yeah, not no, concentration. Like, well, it's big. Just, yeah, someone got a polymorph or whatever, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right, and then last is the final subclass blood curse, which is the blood curse of the Soul Eater for the Order of Profane Soul. Also requires 18th level. When a creature that isn't a construct or undead is reduced to zero hit points and within 30 feet of you, you can use your reaction to offer their life energy to your patron in exchange for power. Until the end of your next turn, you make attacks with advantage and you have resistance to all damage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, if you amplified it you regain an expended warlock spell slot we'll go over this later the profane soul is like a cross between a warlock and a blood hunter Yeah. Uh, once you amplified this blood curse you must finish a long rest before you can amplify it again so whereas most of the blood curses come back on short rest this one requires a long rest yeah and you can do the unamplified version as many times as you can do blood curses but you can only do the amplified version the amplified correct yeah I glanced uh, over that statement too fast. Um, yeah, gaining 
a spell slot back is pretty nice. Gaining resistance to all damage is also very nice. For one turn. For one turn. But it's good. Yeah. For one turn. Yeah. yeah. It does require something to basically die. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that part is kind of weird where you're just like okay hey man it kind of yeah yeah this incentivizes like bag of rats mentality where you're just like sure. hey maybe we could convince like a local guard to come with us on this fight <laughs> right so, so i have somebody just to die for me someone's gonna die real quick he'll just be the punch yeah. back for that one round i need it to and bam i get a blood curse to the soul you're going yeah which is kind of it was kind of uh i have yeah. to say though i mean like I don't know. Yes, this could be really powerful, but for one turn. So it's not like this is going to always make or break it all. Like you might, they might just not attack you that round. <laughs> like, okay. So you got advantage for a turn. That's all it did. Yeah. At 18th level, you do get five. I mean, you need five things to die. So that's probably not super reliable. But um, <laughs> exactly, it's like okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, okay. at eighteen level, resistance to all damage might prevent like forty damage. Yeah, yeah. No, but, I, um, I think it's strong, but super situational. But so, yeah, also, I like, would say it, go with it if you're an eighteenth level order of the profane soul. Fine, that, go. The, we're getting a spell slot. Is like <laughs> yeah, I, I think for the amplified, uh, you kind of need it if you're. You know, that. now now I, I'm kind of talking through the scenario. And what I'm worried about is like, okay, you're fighting against this like god dragon, opening salvo, breath weapon attack. It deals 90 damage to the party, but that kills all your like guards that you brought with you to sacrifice. Well, you've already taken the damage. (laughs) So so you can't really get that's like the area of effect spells are the ones that do a lot of damage to everybody. And that might cause your guy to die or I don't know. It might be kind of awkward timing. Unless you kill the person. <laughs> you also might just kill somebody. Right, to get and then up. you get it for a full turn cycle. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it does. I, mean, I do like that it works. That If you killed someone, I like that it works, though, right? Like, yeah, you can kill something. Yeah. And then gain and then use your reaction to gain all its benefits. So mm-hmm. that That's might be a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, at 18th level, also, it's just kind of like, you probably have everything else that you want for your build, so just pick this one up. Yeah. All right, should we continue through the Blood Hunter class? We almost should have separated out the Blood Curses. Do you want to finish I know, up? right? This feels like Eldritch. Um, there's is, not too much left. There isn't, there isn't. We can, we can grind through it then. Yeah. Uh, second level, so again, that was all the way back to level, level one. That was level one. <laughs> <laughs> just because like warlocks you unlock this whole category that goes yeah. all the way up to 18th level of stuff and it's a big part of your class and again you'll only really know one of those all the way through fifth level you'll yeah. only pick one of those and it can't be any of the ones that were uh subclass specific so mm-hmm. and there was and then there was like a whole nother subset that we were telling you like really only come into play late game so you you have like five options yeah what you want so, yeah um, you take a fighting style at second level. Pretty standard. You have the archery, plus two to attack rolls with range weapons. You have dueling, plus two damage, damage rolls with that weapon, with a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons. But you can have a melee weapon in one hand and a shield, which you are proficient mm-hmm. in as a blood hunter. Um, you can have great weapon fighting, which is if you roll a one or a two, 
on a non-right damage die, it specifies. So they had to specify <laughs> uh, the crimson yes. and rights doesn't count for this. Uh, when you make a melee weapon attack that you're wielding with two hands, you can re-roll the die and have to use the, re- the new roll. They must have a two-handed or versatile property to gain benefit. And you can also take two weapon fighting. You can add your ability modifier to the damage in second attack. I don't think you'll ever choose that because you're you have so many bonus actions you want in this class. Uh that, yeah. Well, this is this is where this is where it kind of comes into play. Like, if yeah, eventually you'll. So the second other ability is Crimson Right. Eventually, you get more than one, so you could put one on each blade, uh, and then you could attack with a bonus. Okay, so there is a, there is a way that you're doing. This okay. is like one and of then, the classes. And then in that like, case, oh, though. Yeah, if you're min-maxing, though, in that case, you're definitely not taking Take any the bonus of the bonus action. action. Yeah, Just taking exactly. all the reaction ones. Yeah. Okay. Again, so this is why this is an advanced class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. It has to be said, then. So then, this is an option, though. So two-weapon fighting is in yeah. here. You get to add your ability modifier damage to the, damage to the second attack. Okay, fair enough. Crimson Rites, second level. All right, so the Crimson Rites, we, we've alluded to it enough. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> you can infuse your weapons rights with an elemental energy as a bonus action. You can activate any right you know on one weapon you're holding. The effect of that right lasts until you finish a short or long rest. When you activate a right, you will take necrotic damage equal to the roll of your Hemocraft die. Uh, this damage can't be reduced in any way. While the right is in effect, attacks you make with this weapon are magical and deal extra damage equal to your Hemocraft die of the type determined by the right. A weapon hold can only have one right at a time. Other creatures can't gain the benefit of your right. So if they grab your weapon, they pick up your weapon and stab with it, not going to do the elemental damage. That's, that's Not going to do it. And, um, and I like imagine said, these rights, it's not like you can't pick up a magical weapon and imbue it with a right. Like if it's if it's somehow a legendary weapon that's doing 1d6 fire damage in addition, that doesn't mean that you can't also, on top of it, also do your right damage, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, because you, yeah, you, there's some there's some what you know magic weapon for instance as a spell has to be used has on a non magic weapon right exactly um, yeah the uh, so like we said you can have two separate weapons so if you have like two like you know two daggers or whatever two weapons that you're using you can um, at the at level two you only have one crimson right. Because you learn additional Crimson Right at 7th and 14th level. So uh, you can't put... So when you're level 7, you have two Crimson Rights you can use, but you can't put two on one weapon. So to get, like, full effect, you basically... So going over the, the rights, at at 2nd um, at level, you have the choice Fire, Cold, Lightning Damage. Um, yeah. Fire Damage is the coolest, but... It's, less, it's the least uh, effective. Storm is probably the most wise. useful. Lightning, probably. nothing's resistant to like, lightning. Nothing's resistant to lightning damage. Um, so at seventh level, you can pick like storm and cold damage. So like you're going to the uh, the ice motel to go fight somebody. You're like, hey, probably resistant to cold damage. So I'm going to use my lightning damage one. Um, sure. Okay. So you well, have multiple options, is what they're saying. Yeah. Exactly. But it also unlocks, like, oh, I have a dagger in each hand now. One yep. is cold, one is lightning. But that can only happen at 7th level and beyond. At 7th level, exactly. You can't do fire, fire at level 2 in mm-hmm. with two weapons. Exactly. 
And um, uh, yeah, I think you can choose the same one twice. I don't see why not. Okay. So you can at level two, like you, you can only do one right, but you can have it in both hands. It's pretty no, good. No, no, no. Oh, sorry, two, sorry. Like at level seven, when you choose an additional Crimson Right, you can just choose Right of Storm again. So, like, you have two okay. lightning. So it does require you to know two rights, dude. It, it's funny yeah. how it doesn't really specify it. Yeah, so, it, and, uh, yeah, it's kind well, of it does weird. a little bit. It says you can activate a right you know on one weapon you're holding. So you need mm-hmm. to know it. I don't think you could choose it twice, then, is how I'm reading it. No, 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 I yeah, you think... can't choose it twice. I'm saying you oh, can but essentially you know, you, yeah, two, you can know it a second You can time. know yeah. the right of storms twice. Right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got um, it. Couple of interesting things about Crimson Right. One, there's no time limit. Um, it technically and it says you can activate on any right you are holding. So there's this weird you're holding weapon clause. So you you technically can't stow it. Although like like I don't know I don't, I don't know how crunchy <laughs> that is. But so but there's again there's no time limit. So you could. This, even though this is a combat ability, you don't have to wait till initiative is rolled to use this bonus action. You could be like, we're about to enter this cave. I'm going to use my Crimson Right of right. Uh, Flame. And then it's just on for <laughs> until you take a short rest. In which case you get all, you get your, um, you can just use it again. Also, um, there is no uh, limit to how many times you can do this. So, if you like stow the weapon or you take a short rest or something, it's not like, well, you use three crimson rights today. You get to just use it or you get disarmed and your DM's like, Oh, you're not, you know, like holding it. So you lose the right. You can just pick it up bonus action, crimson, right again, and just keep on fighting. Um, So there's some like setup things where if you don't want to use your bonus action to crimson, right, you can do it before combat. And it's not yeah. like a last 10 minutes or anything. You could do it as soon as you wake up. You could just do it as soon as you wake up. As long as as long as you got that weapon, you're pretty good. <laughs> now, when you... It does say, like... It, it, this is something to take note of. It, it says whenever you use your Hemocraft die, damage can't be reduced in any way. If you ever have temporary hit points, it would take from the temporary hit points, right? Not yeah. your actual life? Yeah. 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 Just something yeah, to note. Can... Because it does seem, it's not like it's just like a bubble shield and like that doesn't count as your health. Uh, You will take from the temporary hit points first. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, there's a bunch of abilities. That's just to say like temporary hit points are probably really important for a class like this who takes like little chunks of tiny bits of damage everywhere. So they're like like, a class that has like a random temporary hit point bonus when they wake up classes. Right. Okay, great. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. I'll my right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's tons of abilities, especially later on, and lots of classes that are like, okay, give temporary hit points to everybody for like yeah. doing this, and you can just be like, okay, I'm just gonna do this real quick. Can you give me more temporary hit points? Got it. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, th- it's pretty sweet. This is basically like a like strictly better um, uh, like hunter's mark or hex because there's no concentration, lasts forever, yep. and it's on your weapon, not a spell you cast on somebody that you have to see and can get dispelled, counterspelled. There's no kind of... Yeah, you just deal extra damage. I mean, they must be pretty decent damage dealers. Yeah, I think so. Like, you can can really crank up. Like, if you want to do, like, 
archery with like sharpshooter and like mm. a crossbow expert. You could just have two hand crossbows. You get three attacks as a bonus action. You have two crimson rights on, and you just deal like an insane amount of damage. Yeah, crazy. That's cool. All right, moving forward. Third level is when you're going to unlock your Bloodhunter order, the subclasses that we'll go into on for later episodes. Uh, there's classic ability score improvements at 4th, 8th, 12th, 16th, 19th. At 5th level, you're going to get the classic extra attack. Need that. 6th level, finally, the Brand of Castigation. At 6th level, when you damage a creature with a weapon for which you have an active crimson, right? You can channel Hemocraft Magic to sear an arcane brand into that creature. Doesn't require any actions or anything. You always know the direction to the branded creature for as long as it's on the same plane as you. Each time the branded creature takes damage... Uh, sorry... Each time the branded creature deals damage to you, not takes damage, deals damage to you or a creature you can see within five feet of you, the branded creature takes psychic damage equal to your Hemocraft modifier. Uh, your brand lasts until you dismiss it or until you use this feature to apply it to a new creature. Your brand can be dispelled with the dispelled magic and is treated as a spell with a level equal to half your Bloodhunter level. Once you use this feature again... You can't use it again until you finish a short or long rest. So you're only going to be able to use this once. This is like the mm -hmm. favored foe, I think it is, from Ranger. Yeah, something like that. Except it's like, instead of uh, additional damage on your attack, it's like going to keep taking damage when they attack. Yeah. But specifically you. So, I mean, there's yeah, a scenario. It, it, it's basically you. Um, yeah. I do love the idea of like, hey, we're fighting against, you know, a like someone with a breath weapon or AOE that you're like everybody huddle up around me and then they <laughs> use the breath weapon. We're gonna make this thing take psychic damage. Takes take like five times the uh, four psychic damage because that's your modifier. He's uh, um, like, ah, you take twenty damage now. Yeah, the modifier is what the same as proficiency. What is again the uh, the human modifier. modifier? So like your intelligence modifier or wisdom or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so the, in that case, you do want the intelligence or uh, wisdom to be higher. Yeah, so and it like the, it, it kind of feels just like a a bonus. Um, like man, like it doesn't feel great to be like, well, okay, I got hit three times, and my hemocraft modifier is two, so you take six. Yeah, damage. take six. Yeah. Um, it is like you probably really took nice. a lot more than six. <laughs> you took a lot, a lot more than six. Uh, it is nice that it's like a concentration breaker a little bit, where if they hit you sure. like a couple times, then they have to take you know concentration checks. But um, yeah, this is one of those like you could look at this and be like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go like almost the spellcaster route and just be make my intelligence high, right. Uh, ninth level, the Grim Psychometry. When you reach ninth level, you have a supernatural talent for discerning the secrets surrounding mysterious relics or places touched by evil. Whenever you make an intelligence history check to recall information about the sinister or tragic history of an object you're touching or in your current location, you have advantage. Super random. Super, super yeah. random. Uh, <laughs> this is just weird. I don't know. Yeah. Fine. I, blood hunters are good at history. This was so great. <laughs> well, well, wait. You, you, the best part is at the DM's discretion. 
a suitably high roll may cause your character to experience brief <laughs> visions of the past connected to the object's location. Good God. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, th- this is nice. Like, what this is, we talk all the time about, like, out of combat abilities. So you yeah. can be like, hey, what is it? Anything going? Hey, like, this is a weird looking key. Is anything yeah, going on about this? <laughs> your DM's it's like, true. Right, this is actually a pretty unique thing to play around with. I do agree with yeah. that. I think it actually gives you a good direction as like, which is funny. I mean, this class is so advanced otherwise, but like as a new player, it'd be cool to just like have this ability in your back pocket to be like, oh, cool. I'm going to seek out a really old looking book in this library. Yeah. Just to see like, what it's got going on. <laughs> it, it, you can kind of treat this as like a pseudo, like, identify slash legend lore yeah yeah which is kind of nice i do like that um i do love the situation where there is there's like not sinister or tragic history but like like jovial and like like happy history and the dm's like no i give you no information (laughs) you don't have advantage because it's not sinister or tragic (laughs) um also have you ever heard the word psychometry before I have not. I don't, no, don't think this is a I have never. Word. I have no idea what that means. I do want to shout out. I, I don't know if it was uh, Matt Mercer or somebody else who's involved in the naming of everything, but all these names of these abilities are awesome. Like, yeah, they're super <laughs> hardcore. Yeah. They're, they're like, oh, the next God, one sounds hardcore. perfect to you. The dark augmentation. The magic of Hemocraft suffuses your body to permanently reinforce your resilience. Your speed increases by five feet. And you have a bonus to strength, dex, and con saves equal to your Hingmacraft modifier. That's awesome. That's pretty sweet. Like, you already have a... Uh, That's at 10th yeah. level, too. That's pretty low yeah. for all that. And you already have proficiency on dex saves. So you're just like... If you got that thing to a plus 5 to... A plus 5 to dex, con, and strength saves? That's wild. That's awesome. And if you're doing the Hemocraft like... DC thing, there's one of the uh, subclasses that is like spellcastery and like concentrate. That's like a, you don't need to take the resilient feat. Yeah, or yeah. You already have a plus five to your saves there. Yeah. Crazy. So that's pretty uh, sweet. Brand of tethering you'll get at 13th level. The psychic damage from your brand of castigation, which is the one that you got at 6th uh, level that does every little tip tap whenever they hit you. Um, increases to twice your Hemocraft modifier. So that gets really strong if it's... Yeah. If you go from plus five, five to ten, it's like yeah. they hit you three times, you just take 30 damage. 30 damage. Yeah, that's... Okay. You still took more than that. You but than now that. it's adding up. <laughs> but it's... Yeah. yeah. And it didn't require a, a reaction or anything. That's just... Yeah. That damage just happened. You just hit them attacked. first. Yeah. Right. That's all it required. Uh, additionally, a branded creature cannot take the dash action, and if it attempts to teleport or leave the current plane by any means, it'll take 4d6 psychic damage and has to make a wisdom save, and on a fail, it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> teleport or leave the plane fails. Um, this, is, I, this is, like, surprisingly good. Like, is Yeah. A lot of boss monsters, they'll have a legendary action to move somewhere. And so, right. like a lot of them are flavored as teleports or something. So, yeah, the Brain of Castigation feels really great for boss fights, right? Where it like, just yeah. doesn't end. It's just like the one creature we have to kill. The butt yeah. fight's going to last a while. 
yeah, you, you're going to use it on that guy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, my level 21 shot I ran for my 30th birthday, one of my friends uh, killed somebody with this. <laughs> with the tethering? With, with them yeah. trying to teleport away? Yeah, because they branded him as like as a way of being like, hey, we need to get information about the, the ritual that's happening to summon Tiamat. I, and this is like in a high level wizard. So we're just going to make it, make it not, or like we like knocked him down. He's at one hit point. So if you, it's like, Oh, if you leave, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and he tried. <laughs> and he tried. And he died. <laughs> uh, heart and soul at 14th level. You now have advantage on saving throws against being charmed and frightened. Ah, good time for that to come. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good it. little thing to tack on. And then, of course, 20th level, the final frontier. Uh, upon reaching 20th level, your blood magic reaches its height, mitigating your sacrifice and empowering your expertise. Once per turn, whenever a blood hunter feature requires you to roll a hemocraft die, you can reroll the die and use either one. Additionally, whenever you have a critical hit with a weapon for which you have an active crimson right, you will regain one use of your blood curses. That's awesome. I like that tacked on little feature. Feels uh, yeah, fine for like, a twentieth level, not like anything good, but yeah, it, it, this is a very common like twentieth level capstone feature, like plating. But it's way better on the blood ballad at getting back than just like you get four key points back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> twentieth yeah, level yeah, is a mug. Feels... You're like, well, okay, yeah, especially when it's like when you start the fight without any, you get yeah. two. Oh, yeah. great! Woo-hoo. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, this, this is yeah, this is way cool. It feels and, and it obviously better. comes up a lot less often though because you need to crit. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, again, you could just go into a find a cave of goblins and just be like, "Can I just try to crit fire <laughs> coming through these things?" Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting kind of twist on this. Um, the the first ability, rerolling hemocraft die, just like means nothing to me. <laughs> right I, it's nice I it's once per it's like turn. a d10 it's like whatever i don't know I'll yeah it's like you damage. can re-roll damage dice damage. you can i don't know it's just like sure you, tur- you turn a one into a three <laughs> uh but it's, yeah you do it once per turn it, the damage might add up it might come out to be like a plus two damage or something every turn which right. doesn't really move the needle for right. level 20 gameplay Right. All right. Well, that's it for that's, the blood hunter. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> for, yeah. For... It took us an hour to get through blood hunters. A little yeah. over. Uh, this, especially, yeah, we're, we're talking like 20 minutes from, we had a little interruption on our end, but yeah, I ho- hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we won't be able to split this one up because we just talked all blood hunters, but we'll go into subclasses after this. So uh, yeah, with that. Y'all party on! Party on!